Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello, and welcome to my podcast. This is Mike Mayashiro, Smooth Jazz. Just kidding. Um, hello, guys. It feels like it's been a while since I've recorded one of these, which isn't necessarily true, but glad to be back. I've got a couple of funny things I want to tell you. Well, one thing is funny. The other thing is super cool. So I'll tell you the funny thing first. I live with a Chinese man. <laughs> he turns 30 tomorrow. Um, but what's funny is he is one of the jumpier people that I know, which is a favored trait in people around me. Um, those of you guys who follow me on Instagram know that I have a, an affinity for scaring people and capturing it, capturing it on camera and throwing it on my Instagram story. By the way, shameless plug, if you're not following me on Instagram, you can check me out at Mike Myashiro. And on my story, I typically have people on my team that I... You know, they're like working around, they're like doing stuff and I creep up on them and scare them and it's hilarious. So there's some free entertainment for you. But one of the things about Marcus that I love about that is um, actually last week twice. One night I was coming downstairs and we had already said goodnight. So he thought I was asleep and he was in the kitchen doing stuff and I walked down there and he didn't notice me. And so I decided to take advantage of this opportunity. It was quiet. Only the kitchen light was on. Everything else in the house was dark pulled my phone out, turned on my recorder, my camera, stood in the nook window thing in our kitchen and just waited. And he came to the, to the, the what is it? He came to the area away from the pantry. I didn't say anything. I just sat there with my phone just staring at him (laughs) and I'm kind of in the dark. And so I didn't yell. I didn't jump. I just sat there and then he noticed me and he goes, hi, and like jumped. I can't really show you because you're only listening to this, but he flipped out and then like he always like bends over and breathes heavily. It's so funny. Um, anyway, I, every time I capture him like that, I throw it in my, you know how Instagram has those different like icons below that you can save different stories to like categories or whatever. I have scare cam or scare vids or something as a category. And Marcus is a featured player in there and they are hilarious. Check it out. You're welcome. Uh, the cool thing I wanted to tell you guys was last week I was, I did share this on my Instagram story last week as well, but I was teaching in the Nouveau Riche all access membership which is people who are looking to launch business and go into entrepreneurship and figure out how to do that themselves. It's for starters and beginners, people who are looking to you know, grow in that area. So I was doing a live training with them and I was talking about uh, like goals and sacrifice and moment, building momentum in your life and what that looks like and how it works and just looking at the mechanics of it. And at some point I start using budgeting as an example of how to like follow momentum and I started describing a hypothetical situation. I was like, okay, so there's this person, let's say this person, their goal for the year is they want to save $10,000 at the end of the year and without increasing their income necessarily or whatever, just like changing the way that they're using their money and having $10,000 left at the end of the year that they put in a, like a, a different account to just save. And let's say they make 5,000 a month, but they spend 
4900 every month. Their expenses are 3000 but they spend like up to 4900 every month for some, whatever reason. And they don't know why. And they just, you know, if that was their normal and their goal is to change it. And so I'm starting to describe like what that scenario and like what we could do and things that would change and just playing it out. And then someone in the Nouveau Reach All Access who's watching this chimes in and says, hey, you're describing my life. And I was like, what? What do you mean? She's like, that's my goal. I want to save $10,000 at the end of the year. And I was like, Really? And then um, she's like, yeah, and I make 5000 a month and I don't save any of it. I spend it all. I don't know what my problem is. And I was like, what? She's like, you're literally describing me. And I was like, what the heck? And so I flipped out and the whole thing is on, like, is recorded. We have the whole thing, um, which is fascinating. Cause, and I was like, did you tell me this at all? Did you send me a goal statement and did I just not know that I read that? She's like, nope, no one knows about this. It's a secondary goal of mine, but it's something I want to do. I was like, that's crazy. Cause that has happened multiple times when I travel and preach or like when I was teaching um, classes um, people, I would just use a hypothetical situation and then someone would chime in or come up to me later and be like, those details you described, that's me. And the, it was like literal actual details of their life. And I'm like, what? And so I think it's potentially just a word of knowledge thing going on, but I'm not aware that it's happening. You know what I mean? I often just think I'm making that stuff up. And as far as I'm concerned, I did. I just made it up. But anyway, that was super interesting and fun and I enjoy that. I'm super tickled by it. And I just wanted to tell you guys about it. Um, sometimes words of knowledge just kind of glance across your head, you know, and you don't know what's going on and... I'm just grateful grateful for the feedback. Anyway, speaking of supernatural phenomenon and things, you know, participating in your inner world, I want to talk today about, (laughs) you ready for today's title? You guys, in this episode, I want to talk about demons. (laughs) Did that come across? Um, If that was too bad for the recording, the word was demons. I want to talk about demons today. Uh, And I think this is going to be probably an interesting perspective. I think I have an interesting perspective on this. I, there tends to be like a general um, attitude about demons and even some mythology and superstition in the church, even as well, about surrounding the demonic. Um, so I want to share a bit of my thoughts and perspective on that today um, because it comes up a lot. Like, Sorry, I shouldn't say a lot, especially in the conversation of discerning spirits and spiritual intelligence and navigating the spirit realm. There's this fear of the demonic and you know what demons can do to you and what might happen and all this stuff. So I just want to share a little bit of this, um, just to throw some commentary. It feels like um, it's important to add this to the repertoire of this whole journey. Um, and so I want to throw in a confession. We'll start this off with a confession, because this is Confessions of a Reformer. Am I right? What? Of a Reformer? <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, um, starting off, here's a confession of mine. I am not as experienced in, in deliverance as everyone assumes that I am. No, don't get me wrong. I'm experienced. I've got whatever, right? But I am not experienced as I'd like to be. People think that I'm some expert. And I don't feel that way. And I think that's kind of the intro of this whole podcast is like being an expert sucks because guess what? That's that's your limit. That's your cap. As soon as you accept that, there's not much more for you to know. Your capacity to recognize and open up to that stuff becomes limited. So um, anyway, I have had my run in with demons and I think they're super intriguing, bizarre, fascinating little, you know, what do you call it? There's a word I want. Um, convicts, <laughs> little criminals running around doing dirty things. Um, so first of all, I, you know, most of the church believes that, um, my stomach is growling. On this. Oh gosh. Is that what that was? <clears throat> you guys, I'm literally recording this episode mid dinner right now. It's kind of crazy. Most of the church believes that demons are fallen angels, right? Angels that used to be in heaven and then Lucifer deceived them or like convinced them to rebel and they got kicked out of heaven and now they're these like rabid circus creatures that are dark with red eyes and possess people and all the things. 
Um, I think I'm subscribing to that to that um, narrative. We don't have proof. We have interpretation of passages of scripture, and it seems like you know there's a pretty good case there, but we don't know. Anyway, the demonic, wherever they come from, I don't know that I have a solid answer for that, which is strange because it used to be so clear before, <laughs> you know. But um, demons have been known to inhabit the bodies of men, like taking them over, their you know, possession, obviously influencing people, scaring them, intimidating them, whatever. Um, I don't know why, but I just generally in my life have not been afraid of demons, and a lot of people have. Uh, it seems to be a pretty common accepted expectation that people are afraid of demons, and I don't really understand that. Uh, I My response tends to be intrigue. I'm like, what the heck? What are you? How are you doing this? Like, how are they breaking the rules the way they are? How are they bending the laws of physics and you know, possessing a person like what I want to understand the mechanics of that, you know, like how, what's the framework of this and how are they able to do it? I'm super intrigued. I feel like a scientist and I more just want to explore rather than scream and run away. Like it seems like most people would want to do. (laughs) Um, Okay. Here's another little side story. One time I got on this kick and tried finding all these YouTube videos of people like encountering little people and on camera. (laughs) And I found this one compilation of, I think probably like nine videos of people, you know, filming a situation randomly. It's like a candid shot. And then all of a sudden a little person shows up and everyone flips out. And I just started laughing so hard after like the fifth or sixth video, because every time a human, like a grown human notices a little person in these videos, which these may or may not be real. I don't know. Obviously I hope they are, but I, they could be photos. I don't know. Anyway, every time the human in the room or in the shot noticed, like, cause you'll see the little person. They'll sometimes even draw it, like pointed out in the video, but sometimes the little creature will just, like will be walking and you'll see it. And then the humans don't know until all of a sudden, <laughs> as soon as they observe that there's a tiny creature in the room, they always freeze for a, like a split second and then flip out. They scream and take off as soon as possible. And I think it's so funny because this person is like four inches tall, five inches tall. And this grown person is freaking out, screaming and running away. <laughs> Whoa, I'm sorry. And I, I think we're still on a confession kick here. I... I think I assume if I encountered a little person in my presence, I think I'd flip out and try and catch it. I don't think I'd run away. I'd be like, what the? And I'd try and like figure out what it is and like, you know, probably close the gap. And, you know, that might be the end of me at some point. I might find a little person and I like don't run like everyone else and I go closer and it just like jumps into my mouth and kills me or something. I don't know. I don't know. That got weird. Anyway, um, so I just I think I've definitely deviated from the norm when it comes to our attitude and perspective on evil and darkness i don't enjoy it i'm not like attracted to it but i am intrigued at like the demonic and how evil somehow like works its way through and i don't like it but i want to understand it i'm like how are you able to do this what is the pathway what are the how are you you know climbing over this wall or like illegally busting through a door or whatever anyway so my point is i feel more like an explorer or a scientist rather than um a superstitious child who like wants to just not die, you know, in this area. And I guess I want to throw in a couple of stories just to give you some context for some of these experiences. I remember one of the more dramatic demonic possessions I, I've encountered phys- like in person. I was preaching in South Africa one year, a few years ago. And I remember one night I was preaching at this church on the love of God. And I was describing just a couple of encounters I'd had with the Lord and the nature of love. And the room was just like, charge like the love of god was flooding the room it was powerful people were crying everywhere i think i was crying a little bit too 
it was beautiful. It was a profound moment. And there's this girl, sorry, before I was preaching in that same service, this girl was dancing in um, worship and there's something about her movement that bothered me. I was like, there's something wrong here. And I would just like, every once in a while I would check, like look over at her and I'm like, this isn't worship. Something's wrong. Like there was something off. I couldn't explain it. I didn't know what it was. I was like, that girl's probably possessed by a demon, but I didn't say anything to anybody. I just kind of ignored it. And I don't know that I felt super discerning. I just, you know, just anyway. So anyway, fast forward, I'm preaching. The atmosphere is totally shifted, like stuff's happening. And um, I pray over everyone. And then, you know, people come for ministry and whatever. I look over and that same woman is on the ground and four girls are around her with their hands on her back. And they're like, I guess they're quietly praying for her. And she's just kind of like, um, she's sitting on her knees, bent over and her face is down. Her hair is long and just like laying on the floor and her hands are just like flat on the ground. And they're praying for her. And she's just kind of like, um, vibrating every once in a while. I don't know what she's doing. It almost looks like she's manifesting and it could look like she's manifesting from the Lord, but it, I was like, that's not the Lord. And I remember like I was praying for people and there was just an authority, there's an authority on me and I was just like going after stuff with people and it was awesome. I love when that happens when you just feel like the Lord's moving through you and he's just doing stuff. And anyway, I looked over at her and I'm like, why aren't they kicking it out? So I just walked over to this woman. I put my hand on her back. Oh, what did I say? I said something specific on purpose. I just said it. And then she started Okay, I don't. It's kind of weird for me to explain this to you when you can't see me, but <laughs> I'm going to do my best to have this be as clear, visible or visually as I can. So she's on her knees, right? Her face is down. I can't see her face. Her hair is like covering the whole area, and her hands are down. I'm say I put my hand on her back. I said whatever I said, and then she like her hand, her fingers curl into the carpet like she needs a claw or something, and she goes, Ugh, and her art, her back arch arches, and she starts like clawing, um, and so I this thing is starting to like rear up a little bit. I'm like, I don't know. I had this thing come over me. I'm like, no, this is not okay. This needs to end. So I just kept my hand on her back and I said, I commanded it to leave. I I don't remember what I said. I'm sorry. It's like, I probably said something like, I command you to come out of her right now in the name of Jesus, something like that. Um, And so she, at one point, like shortly thereafter, um, (laughs) thrashed, like flipped over, kicked her leg out all Four of the girls who were near her all fell away. Like they all got knocked out. And then I knocked, got knocked over too. I fell over. Um, I was on my knees or like on my heels, you know, she like knocked all of us away from her and I fell over and I was like, what? Um, and she starts like, she's on her back and just starts like writhing. I don't know if I want to make this super animated because it can freak people out. I don't want to scare anyone, but she's just like, you know, she's out of her mind and she's like staring up through the ceiling into the, like this, into space, just like gone. And she's foaming at the mouth and she is like screaming like someone's about to kill her. And um, I remember just like, she just looked terrified and powerless. And um, it was just, it was violating to observe. I'm like, there's no person in the world who should be experiencing this. This is awful. I kind of got, I didn't get angry, but I felt this righteous like indignation. Like this is not okay. Um, <laughs> and so I, 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 for, I think I wanted to go after it further, but the pastor, head pastor, because she's screaming at this point. Like The room is starting to get quiet because everyone's like uncomfortable and not aware of what's happening. And um, Oh, she's kicking around as well, and she's wearing a skirt, so you can see her underwear, and she's like flailing, and you're like, oh, this is not appropriate. The pastor came over, they grabbed a blanket, covered her, and I let it go. I walked away, and I let him just kind of quiet it down, but I don't think that she got delivered that night. I don't know what happened, so I'm not going to judge the situation, but... Um, that's an example. Like you see this stuff in movies or like maybe in documentaries, but you don't really encounter this stuff in person. But I mean, you do when you're in different countries, when you're in, moving in ministry, whatever, like that stuff happens, right? It's crazy. Um, I've, okay. I'll tell you one more other story. And again, I don't want to scare anyone. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to like, you know, 
draw attention to the demonic. I just want to give you some context for like where I'm coming from on this. Um, another time I was preaching in Mexico uh, at this conference and this girl who was in second year of ministry school at the time was there on my team as one of my translators. And so she was with me after one of the services or one of the sessions and like interpreting for me as I prayed for people. And so this one elder, well, this woman was like in her late forties, probably early fifties came over. We're praying for her. And she's like, telling me about all this stuff that was coming up in her life. These things that happened to her when she was a kid, this abuse, like sexual abuse and all this stuff. And so I'm like leading her through some forgiveness and repentance and a bit of sozo, whatever. And then, um, I forget something happened. And I think uh, she starts, to, she, her eyes start rolling back and her head starts rolling back, right? And she starts doing a little bit of a backbend type situa- situation and a little, just dipping back, like backward multiple times. And I'm just trying to hold her up. And my, this person, the second year student who's with me is just kind of like interpreting everything, right? And um, at one point I, I whisper in her ear and I'm like praying for her and then I command the thing to leave her and she starts, like, starts flipping out and like, um, she starts screaming and then bending over and so she bent over another time like back bend and so at this point the second year student and myself are both having to grab onto her so she doesn't fall over and one of these are dramatic swings we both grab her and the second year student looks at me like her eyes are huge she's shocked but she's not just shocked she's looking at me like I betrayed her like she looks mad at me <laughs> like she kind of looked like how dare you do this to me I had no idea you were like you were this person or something and I was like what the heck and I remember looking back at her we didn't say anything to each other out loud she looked at me like you've betrayed me and I look at her like this is not my fault I didn't do this like why are you mad at me is and it was hilarious I still to this day can remember her face it was a moment for sure um and I remember thinking like this, you can't blame me for this. I didn't do this to this woman, you know, like, it, just, it was just such a funny random moment. And so she comes back up, right? And so I'm going into it and, you know, it took a, probably a couple more minutes, but then she got free, which was awesome. I'm so glad we got to see that. But um, anyway, you, you see different symptoms that tend to be a pattern. I don't know if it always has to be this way or if it's like, you know, a cultural geographic thing, or if it's just the, the nature of like people possessed by demons and, you know, they're losing space or whatever. But, you know, you see their eyes do their thing or their mouth or their voice or whatever. I've heard stories of people hearing a voice coming out of someone's belly and it's like a man's deep voice coming out of a woman. And I haven't personally experienced anything like that. But anyway, my point is there's this thing where somehow this spiritual being has apprehended someone else's physical space and like has been able to take over on some level and this person loses control and i've talked to people who are have experienced demonic manifestation in their life when they're in their right mind and they describe to you what's happening and i've talked to some people where the demon starts to manifest and they're with their brain they're able to coherently communicate to me what they're experiencing physically and they're not in control of it and it's really unnerving like i don't like that and it doesn't scare me i feel like grossed out you know like it just feels so inappropriate and the word is violating right um anyway and so i don't know that i have a huge like bent on wanting to do a ton of deliverance um because the thing is if i think deliverance is worth it i'm not saying i don't want to downplay i'm not saying it's not a good thing it is however i have a lot more value in instilling truth in people and building a stronghold in a relationship with the holy spirit and truth and knowledge of the truth because tip and this is my opinion i don't know that i have a ton of proof for this necessarily, but I, from what I know, what I've learned, what I've studied, what I've experienced, I think that people are somehow, at whatever point, possessed by demons because of very strong beliefs and agreements they've made in the spirit with evil. 
whether it's the occult or it's sexual immorality or it's anger and bitterness and unforgiveness or whatever. Um, there are you know, some strong things that people can align themselves with in the spirit realm that for whatever reason give the demonic permission to invade their being, which is creepy and crazy. Like that's, it sucks. I'm shocked. Um, so anyway, my response to this demon problem that we have in this planet is, yeah, let's kick him out, right? That's great. But that to me, again, still feels like a vacuum cleaner or a broom and a dustpan. Like what if we actually like built windows and walls and screens so the dirt couldn't get in the house in the first place is kind of my approach to this, right? So I've invested a lot of time and energy in trying to learn how to communicate effectively and create concepts and ideas to instruct people on how the spirit world actually works, how it, how things function within themselves, and then them, them having education and understanding on how these things interplay and relate to each other so they can be coherent and intelligible in the way they want to choose to navigate responding to their world. So, you know, someone betrays you, someone lies to you, someone violates you, you still have a choice. You know, you don't have to embrace un, like for unforgiveness and resentment against this person and then like be demonized or I'm not saying that always happens, but a lot of the time the door for the demonic to come into someone's life is coming from people's reaction to injustice, which is so strange, right? But it's like usually people are victims in these situations. Like they just get overpowered or something happens and they couldn't control that should not have taken place and then their reaction to that gives the enemy permission to come in and make them worse than what happened. And it's crazy. Anyway, so if we could, you know, if we could teach people in the world how to embrace like legitimate intimacy and surrender to the Holy Spirit, like compassion, forgiveness, mercy, grace, these things are awesome. We can't learn them. We must be shown what they are. So I don't want to teach people concepts and structures and ideas about spiritual realities. I want to teach them how to say yes to God and let him teach us what those things are like. And we have choices in the matter, right? So we can describe the framework and the symptoms and the fruit, but at the end of the day, information is not going to be enough to keep us intact. It's going to come from our intimacy and our surrender to walking with God himself in our personhood. So yeah, I've got a huge value for like fighting for that, contending for it, advocating for it, you know, teaching in that area. Um, and then from that place, we start recognizing that, you know, we see in scripture that we have spiritual weapons specifically designed for tearing down strongholds, for, you know, um, removing arguments, ideas, lofty things, things that raise themselves against the knowledge of Christ. I'd like to propose that these ideas that build in people as beliefs and agreements are the structure in the spirit, however this works, that the demon actually gets access to them and uses those structures as a jungle gym to just have the time of their life and just go nuts. Um, uh, One of my mentors was talking to me about deliverance that they would do in Thailand often, and she was observing that um, she doesn't understand it, but when she would see the demonic take over someone's body and like you know, she could see it in their eyes and their countenance and their face. It wasn't like the demon was just trying to destroy this person. There was like an insanity to the creature. Like it was insane. There was this like maniacal, like lust for like evil and like chaos and just, you know, it's like, I think, uh, Batman returns. What is it? Batman. It's a Christian Bale one. It's the one with Heath Ledger where he's the Joker, the bat, the dark Knight. Thank you. Um, some people just want to watch the world burn. That's like the demonic. That's like, that's the deal. Like that's kind of their MO, right? And so you can see it on their personhood. And so when she described that to me, I was like, whoa, that sounds crazy. And then I realized like, oh, I think I agree. That's gross. 
Like their agenda is not, I just want to find the most strategic and and powerful way to ruin this person's life. It's not just that. Like they want to go nuts. They want to like paint the walls with people's blood. They don't want to just kill people. They want to like make a showcase out of it, right? And like decorate the world with the carnage. And it's crazy. It's gross. So when I watch stuff like, you, you watch a movie or you hear about, like, I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but I've heard, you know, horror stories or, like, I guess praise stories for that show of, like, horrible things that are happening. And it's not just that. I'm not trying to pick on that one show. Just when you see brutality on screen and people are depicting human beings, like, flesh getting torn apart or, you know, people getting overpowered or violated in specific ways. And when they go out of their way to, dis- like, specifically depict it. My roommate and I were watching a show the other night and there was a scene with, like, f- nine people in a row who in their own way committed suicide. And I was like, this is disgusting. Why are they going out of the way to show this and continue to show multiple ways of people killing themselves? This is demonic, right? Uh, and that's the thing is like, the agenda there is how can we draw attention to this and make it a spectacle of like the human being being torn apart, being degraded, you know, being defaced, if you will. Um, another example would be, man, Mad Max Fury Road, the remake with Charlize Theron and what's his name, Tom Hardy? Great movie, however, one of the, it was one of the most demonic movies I'd seen up to that point, which is an extreme statement, but like the amount of the human image being perverted in that film on repeat is disgusting. Like, and that, some of us just don't pay attention or we just kind of assume or accept it based on whatever. But the reality is when you're seeing the human image, which by the way, we're bearing the image of God. He looks like this, right? We're walking around like him. And you see that image being defaced or perverted or, you know distorted or whatever in nasty ways there's it's not just like interesting it's not just cultural it's not just creative it's demonic like there's some there's an agenda there of like wanting to pervert what the lord has called good and anyway so that being said um those of you listening to this if you are possessed or you know people who are or you you know just would like to practice some general spiritual hygiene you want to dwell on what is good what is lovely, what is pure, what is noble, what is, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy, right? You want to think on these things. You want your thoughts to dwell on and focus on that stuff. When you let your thoughts focus on the other stuff, when you dwell on what you've been violated, who's violated you, how long it's been, how many times you keep getting violated or rejected or whatever, and you keep track of the ways that you're being stolen from or overpowered or you know victimized, it's you dwelling on that stuff that actually invites demonic influence in your life. I'm not trying to be harsh or uncaring. I, I'm not an uncaring person here. I think I actually am pretty empathetic in this area. And I have compassion for people in that place. But realize that you don't just get overpowered by a demon. You actually like invest and sow into a soil that makes it um, suitable for him to live in, if you will, right? So I think a lot of that happens out of just ignorance. We don't understand. So I guess just as a... A general reference point, like you want to be practicing gratitude and awareness of goodness and truth and you want to renew your mind to that stuff and not just in general, but like specifically to the good and perfect gifts that come from your father of lights. Like he is flooding your life with beauty and purity and righteousness and goodness and holiness and you want to look at that stuff and take account for it and let it register. It's good for your being. It keeps you nice and clear, if you will, right? So... Anyway, um, I just wanted to take a little stroll down this commentary and just like have a, an episode on here where we talk about demons. They're not powerful. They're not scary. They're nasty. They're annoying. They're so beneath us. And the only reason they get to run amok in a person's life is because that person is consistently chosen or, you know, in a dramatic, intense place, chosen something other than what the Lord has provided for solutions, for providence, for care, for covering. 
or protection. They've chosen something else, okay? So you can't just get possessed by a demon. That's not gonna happen overnight. It's something that you invest in because of, you know, traumatic, intense, catalytic moments or repeated intentional choice to violate yourself by aligning yourself with something other than what the Lord intended for you. Can't just happen. So um, those of you who are fearful of the demonic, you don't need to be. They can't do anything to you. You have power over them. And those of you listening to this who don't know Jesus, like I would start there. Let the Holy Spirit possess you first and then, you know, go into this because, um, yeah, life is not meant to be lived as a reaction to the powers of darkness. We're not supposed to be tiptoeing or avoiding. This is our place. This place belongs to us and we get to kick them out. We get to tell them where to go. They don't belong here. This is ours. This is our playground. So, um, anyway, I'm going to pray and close this just because of, you know, some stuff opened while I'm talking. It's great. Um, but yeah, let me just pray to close this. <sighs> Holy Spirit, thank you that you have empowered us. God, thank you that you have not left us as orphans. Yeah, God, thank you that you lead us into all truth, that you've given us all authority, that everything the enemy has ever come up with or been is underneath us, that we have authority over all this. God, thank you that you've empowered us, that we're safe, we're perfectly loved and accepted, that we have nothing to be afraid of. What a gift. How awesome. Yeah, and I just speak to the people listening right now. I speak to your spirit and I command um, peace to rule. Yeah, spirit of peace, we say yes to you. Fear, worry, confusion, anxiety, victimhood, we say no to you. You don't have any place here. You're not real. Yeah, we say yes to love, yes to truth, yes to the gospel that Jesus died and took our scared, fearful, powerless selves with him. And that person's gone. And we say yes to that new creation that we are. Yeah, God, thank you for setting up, setting us up for success. We love you, we trust you, and we look forward to all the ways you're going to demonstrate your goodness and your victory in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, you guys, one thing I do want to announce to you to just make sure you know about this. This is new, but we just re- released this last week here at NUMA a new um, coaching group called Living Your Legend. Um, Basically, I've been working with my team and trying to figure out how do we better serve our clients in the coaching world. I wanted to set this up both logistically and also like with the vision and focus of how we coach. I wanted this to be geared toward a group of people. So it still has individual coaching, right? So they still work with our, excuse me, they still work with our coaches on an individual basis, but they also have a group support. So it's a private Facebook group they also join into. So you get to network with and connect with other people and you know connect in that space, but also there will be we're going to continue to teach and train in that area on subjects like spiritual intelligence, emotional health, communication, um, relationship dynamics, confrontation, that kind of stuff. So we're just going to continue to resource and equip them at, from a general place, and then whatever they came into the group for, they get to work on with their coach on an individual basis. And the whole premise of this group is, um, hey, you came here into the world with a secret and with superpowers. You're supposed to do something while you're here. Some things have been put into place for you to win in a very specific way. And you have something to bring to the table. And a lot of us get distracted from our environment, from our circumstances, from our upbringing, from our nurturing, from opinions, things spoken over us, things the enemy did, whatever. All these things happen along the way that get us distracted, get us afraid, get us intimidated, whatever. And then we let go of or forget why we're here. We forget what that thing was that was sparkly and compelling and driving from inside. The whole point of this is, hey, let's find that person. You're still here. You're still here to do what you're here to do. It's not too late. And if that's you, if there's something resonating within you that you're like, man, I, I know there's more to me and I know I want that and it's, it's time for me to face this. Maybe I don't have all the answers yet, but I want to start looking for them. This group was for you. It was designed specifically for you. So if you want to check that out, you can go to 
Here's the URL. You ready? It's mikemyashiro.com slash living-your-legend. Um, you can see the event page, or sorry, the group page um, description there, and then you can apply right on that page. If you're interested in that, check it out for sure. It's brand new. We'd love to um, have you guys join us. And then one more thing. This is um, also a funny, totally random aspect of this, but this is my life. Uh, I've been heavily invested in nutrition and supplementation and that kind of thing for the last oh, 10 years now. And I've just found some really cool solutions and things that I've learned along the way that I had to like search and hunt and find and study and research and take notes on for a long time. So that being said, I'm passionate about this area and I wrote an ebook that I just released, like I want to say three weeks or sorry, three days ago. It's called The Beginner's what? I forgot the name of my ebook. <laughs> Beginner's Health Essentials ebook, I believe is what it's called. Anyway, it's like a 23-page ebook on nutrition. What I've learned, the, just the fundamentals, and the whole point is for it to be an immediate starting point for someone who wants to know about this stuff, doesn't really know where to start. I wrote that for you guys. Um, I wish that there was something like that written for me where I could just have an easy starting point. Just give me a general knowledge of a, a pretty broad spectrum. Don't go too intense on all the science and whatever. Just give me a nice little like power-packed, punchy, here's what you basically need to know to get started and going in the right direction. Um, so if you're interested in that, you can go to micromashow.com slash... You know what? Go to micromashow.com, go to store, go to books. It's listed there. Uh, Beginner's Health Essentials ebook. <laughs> okay, this concludes today's episode. Thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, I'll see you next time. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.